0: My name is Jeff Racklin It is Tuesday, August 3rd. Fantasy Football Draft Month, man. It's on, baby. It's on. And of course, the worst part about football continues to happen here. Injuries, injuries, injuries. So we'll talk a little bit about what we know about Matthew Stafford. Not as big of a deal. It doesn't seem like Carson Wentz, but we'll talk about that. And I also want to talk about the psychology of fantasy football drafts. And no, we're not going to get all fancy on you here. I'm really talking about the the game within the game that we often forget. A lot of times when people are in fantasy football drafts, they are doing one thing and really one thing only, and that is paying attention to their teams. They're not paying attention to what their opponents are doing. We can't forget that we do have opponents in fantasy football drafts. So we'll talk a little bit about Some of the things I've done in the past, some of the things I do in the present, and how I mix those things up and use them to my advantage during a fantasy football draft. But let's talk about Stafford. So here's the deal. Uh, He was in practice. He did bang his throwing hand thumb into a helmet of one of his uh, teammates. And Sean McVay, talking after, he said, hey, it's a freak thing, but it's something that consistently occurs. Uh, he did say essentially though, that he also has thought about, uh, putting some sort of padding on the helmets to prevent, or at least soften this sort of thing. Cause he is right. This thing, this type of thing happens all the time with quarterbacks, unfortunately. Uh, but he also went on to say, I don't know anything yet. I think he'll be okay. Well, if you don't know anything, then you can't really say if he's going to be okay or not, unfortunately. So we really don't know where Stafford stands as of right now. I've already had people reaching out to me because this news broke last night. And I I had people saying in their their dynasty leagues that the initial fab run for John Wolford was upwards of 25%. Um, That's pretty darn bullish. Uh, especially if it's a one quarterback league Uh, in a two quarterback league it's still pretty darn bullish. And it's assuming that this would be, you know, if you're spending 25% of your fab, you're saying that this is going to be a lengthy absence for Stafford. And I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. Uh, You know, it is certainly concerning for the Rams. Uh, You make a big deal to trade for this guy. This guy's maybe the missing piece because you obviously have a pretty darn good defense. You have a lot of good pieces in place on the offensive side of the ball and not only, you know, you you start the the basically your your training camp off by losing Cam Akers and now you have Stafford all banged up. Uh, it is a little concerning, but we're going to have to monitor this one. Everything for the Rams in terms of fantasy hinges on Stafford. If Stafford is not in this, you know, not on the field for this offense, Robert Woods isn't isn't appealing to me. Uh, Tyler Higby is not an upside tight end option. Cooper Cup doesn't have the same appeal. Even Daryl Henderson, who obviously is going to still you know regardless of who's under center is going to run the football. It's the same argument I made about Jonathan Taylor yesterday on the podcast. Jonathan Taylor is going to run the football whether it's Carson Wentz or Jacob Eason or freaking me out there. Well, maybe not me, but it's a little bit of a different case with Henderson. I mean, yes, he's going to run the football, but he is not quite the early down runner of Jonathan Taylor. So it would certainly be concerning if Matthew Stafford missed any time. But right now, that's a a huge if. And I'm not willing to overreact to this type of information. I think, obviously, hey, using 25% of your fab on John Wilford is a huge overreaction. Even if he is the freaking starter for the entire season, is he really worth that? I mean, I know he's a mobile quarterback, but I don't know, man. So we're kind of in wait and see mode, fingers crossed, because certainly really excited for Stafford. This would be, you know, this would just be a crappy way to start the season if he, like, if he was like pupped or something. But again, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to miss a couple days of practice. The hand's going to be a little bit sore, but ultimately, hopefully he'll be okay. Again, I am basing this on nothing. So as we get more on that, I'll update you here on this podcast. But want to dive into the psychology of fantasy football drafts, because I think it's a really important topic that basically never gets discussed. So often, when it when you are consuming content from the fantasy football industry, from folks like me, I mean the the content is geared towards helping you draft the best possible team, or during the season to start the best possible lineup. So it is an individual thing, right? And and ultimately, yes, that is certainly a big part of the goal. It's the draft right now, the best possible team. But so often, with that content and with the focus, we forget that fantasy football is, is not an individual game. You're not competing against yourself, right? You're not trying to improve your PR or something like that. You're playing against opponents. And it's easy to see that each week during the season. You have your opponent for the week if you're in a head-to-head league. Or if you're in a points-only league, you're playing against everybody every week, basically. But you have your opponent, you know that's your opponent, and that's the focus. However, in a draft, you're still playing against your opponents. Because you're all drafting from the same player pool, right? And your objective is to come out of that draft with the best possible team. And hopefully, the best team of anybody in the draft, right? So you're competing for those limited resources against your opponents, and part of that competition isn't just knowing more than your opponents, isn't just coming in with that knowledge base and with that skill set of being able to outdraft them, but there is a very real psychological component to fantasy football drafts, especially if you're drafting against people who sure maybe they've played for 10 years, 15 years, whatever. But how often are they actually drafting? Are they drafting two or three times a year? You know, those folks, two or three times a year, they basically have never gotten much better at drafting. They're not bad at drafting, but they're not good at drafting either. They're kind of there. And those folks are going to be at various points during the draft in moments where they certainly are outside of their comfort zone, where they certainly don't quite know what they're doing, right? And we want to seize on those opportunities. We want to seize on the opportunities before the draft to play some psychological mind games. So I want to talk about that, some of the things I've done in the past uh, here with fantasy football drafts. So why don't we do this? We'll take a quick break and then we'll dive into some of my strategies for draft day psychology. So it is a game within a game. The fantasy football draft that you're about to have or plural drafts you're about to have There are multiple things that play out in the buildup. Right now, I'm sure you're talking to folks in your leagues. They are maybe poking and prodding to see who you're going to keep or to see who you're going to take in the first or second round or whatever it is. And one of the the things that I've noticed in the past, I've been in leagues where people will literally tell you exactly what they're going to do. Literally like here, here's all the information, fantasy football is a game of information, so if we know what our opponents are going to do, and think about it, I was just watching uh, some Olympic soccer, if if the if you had a, a penalty kick, and you told the goalie, hey, I'm going low into the left, like, the goalie's going to save it every freaking time, if you have the information, you can use the information against your opponents. So A, know the opponents in your league who are going to literally tell you everything that they're going to do. But then B, know that you can use this to your advantage. So for a long time, I used to I used to just straight up lie. And I would, I, you know, whatever. I'd make up whatever the hell I wanted and say, oh yeah, I'm going to take so-and-so in the first round. And it got to the point after a few years of doing that where my opponent started to realize, oh wait, he's just not even going to tell us, he's going to lie. So then you're able to use that against your opponents as well. Like if if I know what you know that I know what you know, like that sort of thing, right? We go down that rabbit hole. So then I started telling the truth at times <laughs> and and then of course they thought I was lying, and then I would do it, and then oh man, flabbergasted, what the heck's going on? And now I sort of mix it up all over the place. So you know it, it's it's a long play for sure, and it's one of those things where you're setting up moves, but don't just be one hundred percent transparent. You can lie in fantasy football. All's fair in fantasy football. It's okay to fib a little bit to your opponents. And then you can use that to your advantage in the future because they will think that you're lying all the time when sometimes you won't be. Another thing here too, when it it comes to being transparent, this is something I noticed. And I guess maybe it was happening without me noticing for a little while, but I I famously do like to show up at a fantasy football draft with just one sheet of paper, my draft board. That's what I use. It's easy that way. Because all the prep happens now, I don't want to be—I don't want to have to think on a draft day. I just want to react to what the draft board is giving me, and then build my team around that. But one of the things I used to do is on my draft board, I would highlight players who I was—you know—if if the draft unfolded the right way, was going to target. I also will say there's no must-have players, so I didn't necessarily say I had to have these guys but they were guys in the middle and late rounds, and I've talked about this before. If you want to win your fantasy football drafts, don't worry about round one. Don't worry about round two. Worry about the middle and the late rounds and attacking those rounds and grabbing high ceiling players uh, in, in those spaces. So I would highlight these guys just to make sure I don't forget, right? Just to make sure I don't forget who these guys are. Well, I would notice, like, if I got up to go grab an adult beverage or something like that, that the people next to me where there was always there's a draft day floater. You have the draft day floater, the person who walks around at your draft. You're probably nodding your head right now if you have a home league draft, because there's that draft day floater in every stinking league. Why are you walking around, bro? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) But anyway, I noticed that people would look at who was who was highlighted on my board. And so now I don't do that. I don't give a. I don't give away information on my draft board. I don't keep a little short list. Uh, I have my own notations now that I sort of, you know, it's hidden basically. But um, just remember that anything you put out there, people could possibly be looking at, and they could use it against you. So I, I would not necessarily be highlighting or things like that on your draft boards because then you know unless you're highlighting players you don't want I mean then again there you go you could be lying again you could highlight players you don't want (laughs) and then uh that that could be another little strategy a little bit of psychology there speaking of psychology though you do have to pay attention to the emotions in the draft people aren't going to be violently emotional at a fantasy football draft they're not going to be out loud emotional they're not going to be screaming and crying and things like that it's an inward uh A set of emotions, and and really, it'll happen often. Not in the very beginning of the draft, it'll start to happen in the middle rounds of the draft, where you will see somebody. There's there's one guy in one of my home leagues who you can see it. He will get sniped. He won't say it out loud, but um, he'll go into the tank, right? Basically, the think tank. He'll have a player lined up, the only player he wants. That player will go literally the pick before him and then he won't know who to take. And what happens is the pen or pencil comes up to the mouth. He starts looking down very seriously at his paper, and he will be dead silent for two, three, four, five minutes sometimes. It's one of those times where if people aren't paying attention that closely, they'll say, yo, who's up? And it'll always be him, right? Well, he's got some inward emotions going on right there, right? Frustration, uh, who the heck do I pick? That guy is now going to go on tilt and his his draft's gonna go off the rails. So, you know, paying attention to that, knowing who is uh who's experiencing those sorts of things is pretty crucial and use that to your advantage, especially if you're drafting near that person. You know, definitely use that to your advantage. I also wanna, you know, make sure that we're not in that position. So I, I always say react to the board. The board is going to give you uh, value if you're paying attention. It's going to give you value. I've said this over and over again back in the day when I started drafting. There was this dude who every time we drafted, like how the hell did he put together that good of a team? He was just simply taking what the board was giving him. So react to the board and don't panic if there's a run. Like This year, if there's a tight end run, you don't want to be at the back end of that run Because typically that means you probably reached on somebody. Like say, you know, it's the fourth round. The the big three are already off the board. Fourth round of a 12 teamer, and you see Kyle Pitts, TJ Hawkinson, and like Mark Andrews go. You don't want to take Dallas Goddard or something like that. Heck, I wouldn't even go with Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson in that range. I'd go around later on those guys, but you don't want to overreact. Let somebody else do that. Because, hey, if a little run happens, remember for every one of those runs, and I'm not going to say a wide receiver run because, of course, like wide receivers are the most selected players in drafts because there's more of them than any other position. You have to start more of them than any other position. But for every one of those runs, remember when that run happens, that means there's somebody who probably should have been picked in that range who wasn't, who's going to fall into your lap. So when a run happens, don't panic don't don't uh don't overreact to a run like there you go there's the theme again you don't need to get in on the run what you need is to scoop the value you know we ultimately inadvertently maybe we start runs but we don't finish them right so don't panic there and honestly if if a player goes right before you who you wanted to pick guess what there's going to be other players to pick you know, don't ever key in on just that one player, because you don't want to be like that guy who <laughs> who goes on tilt uh, because he got sniped. Should never, ever, ever be sniped in a fantasy football draft, because you should always have a, a few more players to draft, right? There's always more players out there. So, a little bit on the psychology. I, I think that it's a an element to fantasy football drafts that is not used enough, and you don't have to be a dick about it, too. You can. You know, all's fair in fantasy football. And, you know, really the idea here is to keep your opponents off balance, right? If they are off balance, then you have an advantage. At Jeff Rackliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram. Use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of this podcast. And FTNFantasy.com. Go check out the Fantasy HQ and our draft kit over there at FTNFantasy.com. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.